You are listening to The North Podcast, a ministry of Mount Perrin North in Marietta, Georgia. Once again, good morning. Welcome to Missions Festival, our closing service this year. Um, So excited for what we're about to do. Uh, It comes with uh, great reward, but also great risk to give the stage to our missionaries because they just love to talk about Jesus. And some of you may have lunch plans. You should probably go ahead and text the restaurant and cancel them. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, we, we want to hear from them and, and their hearts uh, about our theme this year. Um, as you know, and hopefully you were here last week to hear Pastor Kirk preach, um, Matthew chapter 16. And in verse 18, Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And here's the deal. He's doing it. He is doing it. Jesus is keeping his word. But our hope this morning is to contextualize that for you through just four of our 16 missionary families. Um, So who I have on uh, stage with me here representing Cambodia is Deb DePedro. Representing Zambia is Chris Rackley from Liberia, Benjamin Toma, and from... Would you welcome them? They, uh, they have so many nice things to say about our church and our leadership here and all of you, but um, you probably feel like I do. When they come here, I get humbled because they're really like my heroes of missions. Are, are they yours as well? Would you just express your gratitude to them? I mean, we love you all so much, and, and we're, we're grateful for our partnership. And I know you're a representative of our whole team, but thank you. Uh, for blessing us today uh, with what you're about to share. So Jesus says that uh, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church because he knew that there was going to be opposition against the church. And if you uh, have looked at your television in the last few months or you turn on the internet, you've probably seen things are chaotic out there. Things are nuts and there are governments and and, and entire countries, uh, entire religions that are targeting Christians and the Christian movement around the world. And again, we want to contextualize for you what is standing against the church? What is attempting to prevent the church? So Deb, talk to us about some of the challenges in Cambodia. What are the gates, the proverbial uh, gates that are trying to hold back the spread of Christianity in Cambodia? Thank you, Pastor Brent. Good morning, everyone. In Cambodia, the fear of death, fear of spirits. You know, historically, Cambodia has been associated with killing fields. You know, in 1975 to 1979, the Cambodian people suffered brutally under the Khmer Rouge. This was the communist led by a man named Pol Pot. And you know, during those five years, more than three million Cambodians were murdered or died in starvation or diseases. You know, these people turned to witchcraft. They turned to monks for hope, to find hope. They turned to dead temples, these massive temples. They traveled far, far away. They spent so much money to seek truth. They turned to this dead religion, but they find no hope. You know, sin is real. The effects of sin is real. And Cambodia is still struggling, dealing with their own identity, dealing with its history. Cambodia is still suffering from the 
effects of genocide 50 years later. Mm. But we are praying and we are believing that God will turn these killing fields into living fields. Amen. 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 Chris Zambia has uh, seemingly insurmountable challenges uh, that are standing against the spread of the gospel. Talk about them. Good morning. For us in Zambia, you know, we're often reminded of the scripture in Acts 1-8 when we're told to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And for us, the location of many of these tribes and people groups, are, it's so difficult to reach it takes our team literally hours upon hours going down dirt roads into the middle of nowhere. And when we get there, we often find that the enemy has capitalized on the desperation of life. There's, there's no power. There's no clean water. Sometimes there's no water at all. There's no cell phone networks. There's no, there's no internet. But most importantly, there's no truth. And what we find is that the witch doctors, they, they capitalize on the people's desperation because they don't have the source of truth. And we find that they leverage their crops and their future just for some relief. And so when we come in, we, our team, we often find that there's you know, spiritual opposition and battles to keep that truth from finding their hearts and their minds. And we come in and we proclaim the good news and the Lord is faithful and he sets the captive free. Right because of your support to send and, and our, our willingness to go. And that's, that's, that's how we're overcoming those obstacles and gates of, of hell that try to unleash itself against the church in Zambia. Amen. Benjamin, Liberia, tough past, just, just like Deb was talking about uh, um, with Cambodia. T tell us what is standing against the church in Liberia. Praise the Lord. It is good to be back here. Yeah. Once again, with my wife, my beautiful wife, and Leah, my daughter. <laughs> Liberia, once again, Liberia is a country that was founded by the free slaves that moved back 200 years ago to, uh, to, to find a place, a place to stay. So they call the country Liberia, liberty, a land of free. And when they were going back from here, they, they went back with the gospel. They planted churches like the Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. All the mainland churches were planted by them. Uh, but during the whole period of time, the churches were not growing at all because of selfishness, because of uh, what I would call complacency. They were just, you know, when they went, they settled in the coastal area of Liberia, and there were always travel com conflict between the settlers and the indigenous. So there were always conflict uh, among them. And uh, civil upheaval, um, uh, poverty, the government uh, was corrupt, had been corrupt, and so even though Liberia has everything, all the natural resources, but the, the people, we are very, very poor. And so um, there was no way for, for us to carry on the gospel. They, they planted the churches and the churches were there. So we could, you know, um, say old churches, slow growth. That was the, the, the way you were uh, um, 
classified Liberian churches up to the war, up to 1980 or 85. There was slow growth and nothing was happening uh, until even the last attack that Satan um, attacked Liberia was the Civil War that literally killed 250,000 people and displaced all the citizens internally and many of us live as refugees in, in neighboring countries. Mm. It's been four years since you've been able to be with us. Not because you didn't want to be here, but because of lockdowns and lack of ability to travel here. Tell us what's been standing against the church in these last few years. Good morning, church. It is so nice to be here after four years being locked into are able to move and being tested every day, uh, COVID-19 test. Uh, years ago when I was here, I told you has a persecution from the government. Now I just want to you it uh, getting worse. Uh, every day nowadays, in churches will tear down, the crosses will tear down outside of the building or even inside of the building. And the, the brothers and the sisters in the Lord they are slapped, they are be uh, beaten, uh, they are tortured. The pastors were put in prison and some of them were financially punished. And also even in when I'm here, see a lot of kids here. You know, kids uh, before 18 years old is not allowed to have any uh, faith, any Christian faith. Like my son, he's already in the college, but every year he has to uh, uh, sign, he has no other uh, uh, faith because all the students, they do the research. If you put uh, Christianity or put any other faith, that's going to be their target, their mission to persuade you to give up your uh, faith in the, in the Lord. So this is the situation there in the churches will tear down, and there's no uh, Christmas activity, even for the commercial reason. There's no, uh, nothing. The, the, the government tried to demolish all the Christian influence uh, there. But uh, praise the Lord, the church is growing by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the anointing yeah. of the Holy Spirit. People are coming to the Lord Amen. every day. Amen. Nobody, no case uh, uh, can uh, prevail. Yeah, so let's talk about that. What, so despite all these gates, despite all these things around the world that are trying to stop the, the birth of the church and the, and, and the growth of the Christian movement, what's, what's happening in Cambodia? You know, more than 75% of Cambodia's population is considered unreached. And these people are desperate. They're turning to alcoholism, alcohol addiction, gambling. They're turning to sex turning to all of these pleasures to seek hope and love and acceptance. We must go. We must equip and empower the church so that they can continue to reach out their communities for Christ. You know, despite of great risk of persecution, praise the Lord because the Cambodian people are becoming open to the message of Christ. Amen. They are discovering love in Christ Jesus. They're finding hope that truly we can only find real, genuine 
true hope in Christ alone, praise the Lord. And it's because of your prayers, your giving, your support, you sending us to the mission field so we can continue to spread the gospel. And for us in Cambodia, one of the many ways that we do for our ministry is to spread the gospel is through biblical training. So we train our pastors, we train church planters, we train our ministry leaders so they can continue to, to go and be effective in reaching out the children, the young people, the mothers, the fathers. So we go every day to the villages. We have children's ministry, youth ministry. We're reaching out to mothers, to the whole family. The Lord has called us to um, pursue children and family the way God pursues us. And we see many people coming to Christ Amen. and believing in Jesus Christ. So we thank you so much. Amen. That's great. Amen. Chris, big obstacles, but you've had an amazing year in Zambia, but the church is growing. Tell us about it. Yeah. Glory to God. And thanks to all of you for your support. Um, it, We've planted 10 churches this year in locations that I was just describing. Um, we, we trained 97 leaders, church planters, pastors to go out into these locations and do like reconnaissance, so to speak, because there is no ability to contact them otherwise. They go hut to hut and speak, you know, person to person, and they find out if the church is there. You know, one of the, one of the things that, you know, we fundamentally hold true in, in how we decide where to plant a church or where to send uh, church planters or pastors is Romans 15, 20, where Paul says that my ambition is to preach the gospel where Christ is not yet known. Right. And so we go to these places where there are no churches and we establish new bodies of believers. And all of these churches that you've helped us plant this year, all of them are thriving. We even have some that we qualify as like, village mega churches where there's like averaging over a hundred people, you know, per, per Sunday. That's a, that's a big church in, in these locations. We've seen over 4,300 souls saved because of the crusades Please and God. the efforts that you all sponsor as part of your support and your faith promise. We could not do that without you. So thank you so much. You are making such a difference for the kingdom of God all over the world. Ben, how's the church growing in Liberia? Um, the devil is a loser. Satan is a loser. <laughs> so, what he thought was going to be the, the last stronghold for us, like the civil war that scattered us all over the place. Before the war, typical Liberians will only think about traveling to America, not to Guinea or Ivory Coast, because, you know, we have a strong ties with America. But because of the war, we were all scattered all over the place. And uh, the first two years, Mandu and I, with uh, the help some with some other team, was able to build a church, to start a church in, in Bosu, Guinea. And the church is there today. It was because of the war that I, we were able to consider ourselves missionaries for the first time. Uh, Self-employed or self-sent missionaries. <laughs> we were refugees, but we were... Uh, carrying on the gospel in Guinea, and also we spent eight years there where my parents uh, met us, eight years in, Ari, in the Ivory Coast. And when we were there, we were planting churches and reaching to the, the Avorians and reaching to, to refugees. So whatever Satan planned and thought was going to be uh, something to stop a hurdle and 
and, and a blockade to stop the church from going. That was what God used to, to, to build his church and to grow his church. Even while we were in Africa for the, the, the eight years, another round of war started in Africa that took us by force back home. And when we reached uh, back home, Liberia, we decided to stay in our own area where we were born, uh, around the eastern part near the, the border of Africa. And the war was so intensified in, in that area. So we were forced to go to Morovia, which is the capital city. Now we are in a better position to start church from Morovia coming back to the east. So we have started 10 churches across Liberia from the Atlantic Ocean to the border. And, and God is using us, uh, opening all kinds of doors to, to train leaders, uh, to reach the, the, the prisoners. And all this is happening because of partner, partnership with you. You are pushing us. You are praying for us. You are doing everything that um, will help us, that is helping us to be able to reach other people in Liberia. Thank you. Make it worse, right? Yes. But are they winning? Is, is, is the government winning? Or tell us what's going on in the church. Oh, there's no, uh, nobody can win except our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the only foundation of the church, and he's the one can save us. Uh, even there's the persecution, and a lot of uh, bad things happen. The churches were tear down from different provinces different cities every month or every week, but the people are still sharing the gospel because this is what the great uh, command from our Lord Jesus Christ. We should go to the whole earth, share the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are sharing the, uh, the word of God, the gospel by uh, gospel fans. We printed the scriptures and the salvation uh, information on the plastic uh, fans. We gave them out uh, uh, during the summer, so people received it and read it. You know, China, we are lack of uh, resources. They are not going to throw it away. They will bring it back to home, and then the whole family can read the uh, gospel news. And we also invaded the uh, uh, gospel dance. We are dancing in different uh, parks. You know. People love to do exercise, but we don't have uh, so much space like uh, here in the do, United States. Do you States. want to show them an example of gospel dancing? <laughs> no? Not, not today? Yeah. Next, yeah. next year. Next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, hundreds of uh, our gospel dancers are in different cities, different parts, dancing from the morning to the evening to the afternoon. People will join us. People join us and uh, then we make friends with them so we can share the gospel uh, person to person with them and the churches are building. And uh, we are keep uh, teaching the uh, pastors, the evangelists, uh, uh, updating their maps. We are teaching them how to targeting the different uh, villages and the different uh, communities. And we believe every community, every village should have uh, a church. Meanwhile, we also train the pastors and the ministers because we believe every church, it doesn't matter big or small, they deserve to have a, 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 a pastor. So we are training the churches and we uh, load the 111 project. Uh, each church should plant a church uh, uh, 
uh, in one year. So we are expecting this uh, year before Christmas, we can have uh, 1,000 new churches uh, wow. planted. That's great. That's great. Thank you. So, so just tell us, why do you think that's happening? All this stuff that's standing against the church, but yet unprecedented growth, new churches being planted, thousands coming to faith in Christ. Why? Deb. Surely we are winning in Cambodia, amen? God said it so. Jesus said it so. I will build my church amen. and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So we are winning in Cambodia. We are winning because the church is persevering. The disciples are following the Lord faithfully, and they are bringing the gospel to their families, to their communities. Um, many Cambodians are coming to Christ, and not just following, but reading their Bible, praying every day, and coming to church and giving their lives to be used for the work of God. We are winning because you're with us. You're praying for us. You're, you're believing in the work that God is doing in Cambodia. We're winning because we have this collective, collective effort. And God is always at work. He's always at work, even when we are unaware. God is always at work. Yeah. He is at work even in the most... We've been in Cambodia for more than 15 years, and I've seen... A lot of challenges. We've been in many challenges. But God is at work. Because we can trust in the knowledge that Jesus is on his throne. Amen. 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 And we always win. And the Lord says that we must go. We must continue to obey. And we must continue to proclaim the good news. You know, um, our... Mission in Cambodia, world missions, is ultimately dependent on the power of God, on, on his wisdom, on his sovereignty, on the power of his word, that he will do what he says in his word. And we believe on that, even though we don't see a lot of tangible results. But he said, I will build my church. Amen. And we've read the very last page of the Bible, and we knew who won. Amen. 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 The church of God wins. Amen. Jesus wins. Amen. Yeah. Chris, why are we winning? Because of the Lord's faithfulness and because of your faithfulness. You know, when the, when the body of Christ, comprised of many parts, when everyone within it plays their part, we have no other possible outcome but to win. Yeah. And, you know, that thing that the Lord puts on our heart, while it may be different than the person sitting to the left or to your right, one thing we all share in common is that the Lord has asked something from all of us because he paid the price on the cross. And sometimes we get hung up in putting a weight on, on that thing, right, or that it may be too big or maybe it's, maybe it's you know, may, not a big thing at all so that we don't do but we can't get lost in that. We can't fall into that trap. And an example just came to mind as I was sitting out just a moment ago looking right across from me. An example of that. My wife and I and our team, we have a, minute, we have a missions base. And we've been working for like, we had been working for three or four years to get the place operational. I mean, literally blood, sweat, and tears 
pouring ourselves out to get the place ready for, for the mission God's called us to. And we had just got to place right where everybody could come and stay with us. We put up a steel cross and some violent storm comes through. It bends our steel cross literally in half, makes it bow down. It takes our tents and it flips them all upside down. Our house, the guest house, the roofs are damaged, the porches are damaged, there's stuff everywhere, trees are down all over the place. And in that moment of discourage, one of the very first phone calls, if not the first phone call we received was from our prayer link coordinators, Jeff and Kelly Berg, sitting right across from me. <laughs> to check in on us, to see how we were doing, to ask how a North family could help us. You don't understand what that phone call meant to us in that mm. moment. Mm. It gave us the juice to stiffen up our spines and speak back to the enemy and remind him that we are not alone. That there is an army from 1700 All Good Road in Marietta, Georgia called Mount Perrin North. And they're not only right behind us, they're right beside us on the battlefield. Right. Never underestimate the power of a phone call to speak into somebody's yeah. life, to lift them up in a moment of discouragement with the word of encouragement. Amen. Amen. That, my friends, is why we are winning. Yeah. Do that thing that the Lord has placed upon your heart to do, and collectively, the bride of Christ will rise above the gates of hell, and he will build his church through his sons and his daughters. Amen. Amen. Benjamin. I don't know what to say after this. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. That's why I said Benjamin. <laughs> uh, well, Jesus, I've said it, and God cannot lie. He would never lie. What he had said, he would do it. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. He said, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And lo, that's the point. Lo, I am with you to the end of the age. That's right. We are winning because Jesus is with us. Amen. Jesus is with us. And yes, Jesus is with us. Jesus is with all the missionaries. Amen. Jesus is with the church of my parents. All the members you are giving, Jesus is with us. Amen. And we, the proof is there, you know, when black guy like me from nowhere come to Atlanta, Georgia, and you take me to Lake Lanier <laughs> with, with my family, <laughs> it proved that God is with me. Yeah. I don't have money in my pocket, but a family like the Campbell's family would take my we take us and 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 supply all all what we need to be here. God is with me. God is with me, and your partnership, your partnership with us, is what causing us to win. We are working together according yeah. to the plan of Jesus, the goal of Jesus, and once we are in His goal, in His will. 
and standing in his way, we will win. Satan is a loser. Amen. Amen. We are winning because the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, we are winning by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the testimony of our word. Yeah. And also by we don't love our life too much. The blood of Jesus Christ saved us. We are not belong to this world. Yeah. world. We are belong to his kingdom. Doesn't matter we are living or we are dying today, we are belong to him. We have an everlasting life. We are not going to lose anything. We uh, win because our testimony. You know, before I received the Lord, I was a very bad uh, guy. I did all kinds of uh, evil things, and the policeman put me in prison. I'm shameful about uh, what I have uh, done. But after I received Jesus Christ, of course, we were a child, and a lot of our pastors were child. But we are not shameful because we are not doing anything bad. We are, we are child because our Christian faith. Some people will amazed why these guys, they want to pay the price to share the gospel, to lose their freedom, because we have the wonderful testimony. We are not a loser. We are not done anything bad. We are witness our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are also win by the prayers of Montpellier North. Each month, Jenny sent us the email and lets us know you are praying for us. We are not lonely. When there's the difficulties, there's the persecution, we feel the strength by your prayers. And we are also winning because we are not afraid of death. We are bold for the kingdom of the Lord. There's a pastor, he planted 16 churches in recent two years. He said that share the gospel is a spiritual wall. We need to pray and we need to fast. That's right. And he shared the gospel. He fasted and he said, I fasted until I win the souls while I cut the fish. So people are dedicated for the kingdom of the Lord. And they are devoted to the mission our Lord gave us, no matter how much price we should pay. So I'm so thankful this time I'm able to come here and I can say thank you, Montpellier's person to person, because your sacrifice and also because our leaders, our church planters is there, they are working all all of us for working for the kingdom of God. We can win, win and we can have a victory in the Lord of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hey, would you thank all of our missionaries here this morning for sharing with us? Thank you so much. You can be seated, you can be seated.
They didn't take all the time. They left a few minutes for me. <laughs> I just want to, uh, th- these four are just a, just a picture, just a sub-segment of, uh, of our 16 families now. Uh, 14 of them are here this year. We're so grateful. That's the record number that we've ever had come to a, a missions festival. Um, our brother in Iraq um, cannot get a visa to come to the United States, but we're still supporting uh, They planted 35 churches in Iraq this year. Uh, just, just an amazing, amazing man of God. Yeah. And our newest missionary is uh, a man by the name of in Bangladesh. 186 million people in Bangladesh. Uh, 90% of them Muslim. About 9% are Hindu. And 0.37% Christian. Is planting churches all across Bangladesh is now on track to by the end of this year have over 400 Christian churches in Bangladesh and we brought him on as our 16th missionary in addition to these 16 families we have 150 what we call missionary partners they work with and they work for our 16 missionary families you're supporting 150 of those folks as well primarily as church planters and and multipliers and i want to give you some stats of what they did this year uh, they planted 616 new churches across the world it's amazing they trained 8210 new leaders to work in these churches and to go out as evangelists. Uh, they, you, you want to give God praise? Go for it. Let's just do it together. Amen. They baptized 14,980 people, which is huge that people in, in places like India and places like Algeria, that they would step forward and, and, and make a public proclamation, 14,980 baptisms this year. This team and their partners, they shared the gospel, you ready for this, with 368,976 people just in the last 12 months. Amazing. And if you were here last week, we celebrated this. We'll we'll celebrate it again this morning. It's just remarkable. Decisions for Christ, people that said yes to Jesus, 38,320 people said yes to Jesus this year through our missions work. Amen. What's behind the numbers is what really gets me going. And I hope that it touches you this morning too, is we could come in and just talk numbers and, you know, and have a big parade and, you know, talk about what was better or worse than last year. It's, it's, it's not just the numbers because what the number represents is people. The 38,320 is people. And I was talking to a group the other night and I said, it's, it's not just somebody in a faraway place that you're never gonna know. According to the scripture, these people are our brothers and sisters for eternity. And that's a difficult concept, maybe sitting here in Marietta, Georgia on a Sunday morning. But we're going to know these folks. We're going to love these folks. We're going to serve alongside them and worship Jesus forever. They won't be strangers to us, but yet they're coming into the kingdom now because of our partnership with these, with these missionaries. As I was thinking about this passage in Matthew chapter 16, preparing for our time with the missionaries, one of the things I drilled home with them at our, at our missions retreat last week was what Jesus said in verse 15. You know, earlier in the passage, he asked them, who, who do people say the son of man is? And he said, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, maybe Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But in verse 15, Jesus turned the question around and he said, but who do you say that I am? That's the real question. 
That's the question that everybody on the planet is going to have to answer, right? Everyone is going to have to answer that question. Philippians 2.10 says that there's coming a day that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Everybody will answer that question. My heart, what I pray is the collective heart of this faith family is that we ask them that question and let them answer that question before judgment day on this side of eternity. I wanna take that question to them. I want them to be able to understand who Jesus is and have the opportunity to respond. Paul said in, in, in Romans chapter one, verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. And I believe that what Jesus was talking about to Peter and the disciples is when we will proclaim the gospel, that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of the living God, that power is released in the spiritual world to save people. It's what happened to me. It's what happened to many of you in this room. And, and I know we're talking about the, the ends of the earth kind of places that we want to go and send this team. And we'll get back to that. But man, this morning, Jesus saves in Marietta, Georgia. The power of the gospel is real here. And it's real for our neighbors. It's real for our coworkers. We pray it. It's the heartbeat of this church. God, send the lost here and send us out to find them. Here's the gospel according to Pastor Brett. God knew when he created us, our propensity, our, 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 our desire that we would sin someday, that we would rebel against him. So from the foundations of the world, the scripture teaches that Jesus was the plan, not the band-aid, not the fix. Jesus was always the plan to reveal the glory of God because sure enough, as soon as God created people, what did they do? They rebelled. They thought they knew better than he did. And they turned away and they sinned. And my life and your life is example that we can't just blame Adam and Eve, right? We're good at sinning too. And God knew that about us. And so he had a plan from the beginning that he would reveal his love and that he would reveal his salvation through his son. And again, the scripture teaches that in the fullness of time, God sent his son to be the sacrifice, the propitiation, the substitute, the payment for your sin and my sin and for the sins of the world. He suffered greatly tortured, crucified on a cross. And that could have been enough to pay for our sins, but that's not the end of the story. Three days later, he rose, triumphing over death and hell and the grave and purchasing new life and securing eternal life for anybody who would dare to believe. And since that day, and since the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost, we have been proclaiming the good news and anywhere the gospel is proclaimed, Jesus saves Jesus builds his church. I want to give him the opportunity to do that here this morning. Would you bow your heads with me here? Oh God, thank you for your salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. So church, I'm, I'm talking to everybody here in the room. Maybe you've come here this morning and you know that, that you've been good at sin. You know that you've messed things up. Listen, when Jesus came and lived and suffered and died. You know what he was proving? That God is trustworthy, that he is the God who is worth following. He's the one that is worth our committing our lives and our faith to him. And I wanna give you an opportunity that if you're somebody who needs a brand new start in him, you're somebody that wants to commit your life, today is your day. The gospel has been proclaimed and there's freedom from sin in this place. All you gotta do is pray something like this. 
Jesus, I, I believe your death paid for my sins. And Jesus, I believe that you loved me. You had me in mind when you did that, Lord. And now I want to give my life to you. I want to commit my life to you. I want you to be the Lord and leader of my life. There's nobody looking around except me and the ministry team. All you got to do is pray a prayer like that. And church, let's just collectively say it together. Jesus, I give you my life. Come on. Jesus, I give you my life. One more time to him. Jesus, I give you my life. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, you want to make a brand new start, a fresh start in Jesus today. Would you just lift your hand here in the worship center? I want to see you. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. You're not alone. Lift them up. Be praying for you this week. Amen. 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 You can put them down. You can put them down. Thank you, God, for transformed lives. Thank you for the power of the gospel here at work in this church. We praise your holy name. All right, you can look up. You can look up. I don't know what the final count is. They'll give, they'll give me a count here in, in just a few minutes. But let me tell you a couple of things uh, of where we want to go and ask this question. Our heart, our goal in this missions program is to plant churches and make disciples around the world. There are 3.4 billion people who are still unreached. They don't know the question exists. They don't know who Jesus is. No one's ever asked them, who do you say that Jesus is? This team, ready to be sent once again this year to go and to ask that question of 4,000 people groups, 3.4 billion people on the planet. My heart, my, my desire, if, if, if we had $10 billion, I think I could spend it finding missionaries and going around this world is where's the person today of those 3.4 billion people? Where's that person today who's going to die? Die without the gospel, die in their sins because a missionary didn't go, because a Christian didn't go. It breaks my heart. Church, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not preaching against you, I'm preaching to you and with you. You're the most generous missions church I've ever seen. This is our opportunity, this is our time dig deep and to send these missionaries back to share the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world. And in all of these places, they have goals to plant new churches, to reach the unreached. And our, our heart, my heart desire is that you would send them all around the world again this year to do so. Listen, I really believe, Benjamin, you shared about the Great Commission just a moment ago. The burden of the Great Commission belongs to the church. I'm talking the big C church, the universal church. The burden of the Great Commission belongs to the church. Jesus told us to go and make disciples. That's our burden. That's our part to play. The success of the Great Commission, it depends on Jesus. He's the one that said, I will build my church. What I'm asking you to do this morning, let's do our part. Let's bear our burden to go, to give, and to pray. Go with us on a short-term trip this year. These folks would love to have you. They'd love to give you a front row seat and, 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 and put you in some of these unreached places to take the gospel to places it's never been before. Pray for us. We do a monthly service called Prayer Link on the first Tuesday of every month. Come and pray. And if you can't make those uh, 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 events and those prayer gatherings, at least sign up to receive their updates and their prayer requests each and every month so you know what's going on in their country and how to pray for them. And the last thing we ask you to do is to give. It takes money, it takes resources to send these folks. If you uh, brought this back from last week or you got one this morning, um, I'm gonna ask you to take it out and, and, and prayerfully consider what you might do to support us. If you need one of these cards, our sanctuary hosts are waiting. They can bring uh, one to you. Just slip up your hand and they'll bring you a uh, faith promise card. I will say about this that it is strategic. We don't have any 
uh, overhead for U.S. salaries or anything like that. The church, uh, your tithes and offerings takes care of that for me and for Jenny Millen and our, our missions team here. But 100% of your support to the Faith Promise Fund goes to support these 16 families, these 150 partners and their projects all around the world. We're strategic as well. We've spent all week long in meetings talking about goals and where to plant and how to reach and where to do crusades and the, and the resources that are needed. We are strategic with these folks and they are wonderful servants. I don't know of another team like this. I don't know of another church like this and a partnership like this, but it is strategically spent. So whatever you give to missions, it's a wonderful investment. I was breaking down some of our numbers of our, our budget and, and uh, uh, how many people came to Christ last year. And I think it's around 28 bucks. 28 bucks, somebody came into the kingdom. 28 bucks, a brother or sister that we're gonna know for eternity heard the gospel about Jesus and responded and said yes. I ask that you join us this year. Prayerfully consider how you might go and pray and give to these folks. As you consider that, we're gonna sing one more song. Pastor Kirk's gonna come. We're gonna bless our missionaries and send them back home. God bless you. Amen. Church, can we just stand together as we give the Lord praise today for all he's done and all he's going to do. We magnify your name, Lord. We
Come on, give the Lord your highest praise. Amen. 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 Can we just celebrate also that added to the 38,320 were seven people that gave their hearts to Jesus in this place this morning? Amen. Amen. Blessed be the Lord. I'm going to invite our missionaries if they will. Would you come stand right down here? We want to bless you and pray over you before you leave. And while they're coming, I just, can I just tell you something from my heart? What I find is people that don't get involved in missions is because they don't think they have enough. They don't think they have the talent to go. They don't think they know how to pray enough. They don't think they have enough to give. Can I just tell you, if you'll be open, God will do it through you. If you make a decision to go, it's not you going, it's the Holy Spirit using you and going with you. If you make a decision to give, it's not your resources, it's the Holy Spirit pouring resources into you and into them. And when you pray, it's not you praying, it's the Holy Spirit praying through you. It's never been about you. It's been about your willingness to be used by God. And right now, you can take the first step. Right now, we're going to pray for our missionaries, but I don't want you to be passive in this. I want you to extend your hands toward our missionaries right now. And for those on the platform, I want you to just come stand behind them, please. Lay your hands on them. And I'm going to lead us in prayer, but don't let me pray alone. Pray God's grace. Pray God's favor. Pray his anointing right now over them. Can we do that together? Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we thank you for these missionaries and partners and these families, Lord. We thank you for the talents and the abilities that you've placed in their lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is in them, moving through them. We thank you for the open doors that you have given to them right now, oh God. We thank you for the things that you've already accomplished in them and through them. But Lord, we also know that you aren't finished. That what you want to do this year is exceedingly, abundantly more than we can think or imagine. So God, open up your grace and pour it out on them in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would anoint them with an anointing like they've never received before. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would send them forth, that you would open doors that they cannot open on their own. But as they walk through those doors, Lord, that the gates of hell would be broken down as they storm into the dark places and bring your glorious light. I pray, God, that you would give them wisdom and favor right now. Lord, I pray that they would know the steps they're supposed to take. I pray that you would guide them in every moment of their lives this year. I pray, Lord, that this year there'd be a renewed passion in them. And in spite of persecution, I pray that they could see beyond that, O oh Lord, and see the glory that awaits them on the other side of eternity. God, I pray that your blessings would be poured out on them and their families. I pray your blessings would be poured out on them financially. Lord, bless their health in the name of Jesus. If they're suffering, heal them now in Jesus' name. I pray that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings they cannot even begin to comprehend, Lord. I ask, oh God, that as they do these things, that they would be strengthened and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and that as you guide them and direct them and more and more people come into the kingdom, they could point people to Jesus and him alone, and they could lift up your praise and honor and glory. And God, next year when we come together, I pray that what we celebrated this year would just be the tip of the iceberg. I pray that 
next year when we come together that we would celebrate, Lord, that this was this year, Lord, was seed offering compared to what is the harvest that is coming this year. God, I pray that people in this congregation that have never been involved start to get involved and they receive blessings that they've never received before. And God, I ask in Jesus' name that as we continue to be faithful in what you've given us, stewarding what you have put into them, Lord, that your name be proclaimed, that more and more people come into the kingdom and that Jesus' name would be lifted high. And to you who deserve all the honor and glory and praise, we give it to you, Jesus, right now in this place. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord your highest praise. Come on, give the Lord your highest praise. Blessed be his holy name. Amen. Amen. And as you leave this place, I hope you'll continue to pray every single day for them. To all of our missionaries, some of you are staying a few more days, some of you are heading home very quickly. I hope you know we are your second family and we love you dearly and you are truly our heroes. Can you let them know how much you appreciate them? Come on. Hey, before you go, let me bless you according to Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Let's give our response from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you, folks. Love you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to learn more about North, be sure to check out our website at mountparanorth.com. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at mountparanorth.com or give us a call at 770-578-9081. And if you're in the Marietta, Georgia area, we'd love to have you join us for worship next Sunday at 945 or 1115 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.